0: Hi there, I'm Jack from Loose Dads, one of the other great Dadsnet podcasts, and before you dive into this episode, from someone a little further down the fatherhood road than you, I just want to tell you about something for the next 60 seconds. Hand sanitizer has become an essential to carry with you these days, right? My kids even have their own name for it. We call it Hand Squish, so wherever they go they're obsessed with having hand squish. And that's why I'm loving the new Milton Antibacterial Hand sanitizer. It's suitable for kids from 3 months up, it's 99.9% effective on germs, it's alcohol free, tested for sensitive skin and, a big selling point in our house, it's 100% plant based. It really is the easiest way to keep hands, both big ones and little ones, clean and fresh when soap and water isn't within reach. Check out the whole Milton range over on dadsnet.com forward slash Milton. Right, that's enough from me. Enjoy this episode of How to Be a Dad.
1: Hi, welcome to this episode of How to Be a Dad from the Dad's Net. I'm Al Booth. I hope you're well today. And this is a really important episode because it's all about breastfeeding, which, to be honest, probably. Won't involve you specifically I'm a man and I haven't well I say this I'm a man after I've done this I'm going to the gym because I have breasts but they're just they don't produce any milk they're pointless so they need to get a bit firmed up really uh, and also I wasn't the fittest man when either my children were born and I think probably as dad's we've all been in that situation where children just they don't care do they they have no social cares in the world and so both my children at some point try to latch on to me and given the fact that my youngest is two I should have been to the gym way before this anyway I'm going off the point this episode is all about breastfeeding and what we can do to help because it's just another one of those aspects of being a new dad where you think oh I could do with being inside the woman's brain here." which is what we've managed to do because i'm speaking to lucy rook who's a founder of discreet boutique it's an online fashion store for breastfeeding mums which she set up to design dresses after finding out that actually even though the planet is millions of years old and humans have been around for quite a long time as well there are still no dresses designed for breastfeeding mums and to help mums breastfeed in public discreetly she's a mother she knows the ins and outs of breastfeeding. Um, now, she's not a qualified scientist. I think that's a caveat I need to put in. But let's face it, you don't need to be a qualified scientist if you're a mum, because mums know everything. As you're about to find out, enjoy. Oh, hold on a minute, because it's going to start really weirdly, because I haven't done one of those really slick introductions. Um, so I began by asking Lucy, why breasts?
2: So it began because so I had Rocco in 2016. And just kind of thought, you know, there's nothing to wear. Well, hardly anything to wear for when you're kind of out breastfeeding, if you don't want to kind of get everything out. And I was just quite shocked. I was just quite shocked at the lack of choice. But obviously didn't do anything about it then. And then had Bonnie two years later, nothing had changed. And we went on holiday with Alan's other children, and so my husband's other children, who included two teenage boys and um I just felt really quite awkward because unless I wore a pregnancy dress, which I didn't want to because I just spent nine months in a pregnancy dress, I, it was kind of the choice between that or get, you know, getting completely exposed on holiday to feed. So I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm gonna have to try and do something about it, thinking it would be easier <laughs> than it has been. So it's been quite a journey, because I've got no experience at all with dressmaking. Um, or fashion so it was complete, it's complete like a completely new world um so it took two years to kind of um to, for me to launch the business but it launched at the kind of the back end of last summer so um were
1: you still breastfeeding at the time of the launch
2: no um so i breastfed two children for like 20 months each um i think we launched in the june I'd stopped and then I got pregnant in July. So I thought,
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that to prove it? Is that just to see if it like, actually works for you?
2: No, this is it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, having said that, I have worn um, so I wore the dresses before we launched, like while we were um, kind of making sure that you know the dresses worked practically. I was feeding Bonnie then,
1: oh, wow. so I thought that must have been one of these you know, how people have things they've always wanted to do. I didn't know if it was one of those, it was one of those childhood dreams, and you thought, I'm going to go for it, but it was more of a necessity, yeah,
2: it was, it was definitely a necessity. So, like I say. 2016 I thought oh you know wouldn't it be great if this existed Um, and that's kind of as far as I'd got in my head and then when I had Bonnie two years later and it still didn't exist I just thought do you know what how hard can it be (laughs) famous last words I mean it has been (laughs) it has been quite a challenge just bringing it all together and sometimes with these ideas if something's meant to be it'll happen fairly easily so Although it has been challenging it's been hard work and it's just felt very kind of right and the sort of the feedback that I've had about you know from a lot of different mums saying oh gosh you know wish I'd have had this when I was breastfeeding kind of has made it you know worthwhile although it's been quite a long journey getting here that's
1: brilliant though isn't it it's so good that you're going to be able to experience it as well Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah
1: so I mean breastfeeding right speaking as a dad Everyone's got an opinion on it, regardless of whether you do it or you don't do it or you're a parent or not. And I'm, you know, a bit of a lefty liberal and I'm like, no, do it wherever, you know, it's fine. And nobody's looking. But even if you're the most liberal, most like, you know, forthright person, I do this because it's my choice. There's probably, is there still an element where it's difficult?
2: I think there was for me, I think for some women... And I always wanted to be one of these moms. It, it just didn't matter. They, you know, they're quite happy feeding absolutely anywhere. And I've always been quite envious of that mom. But that, that's just not been me. I think because we've spent so long, I suppose, out and about in a coffee shop, you wouldn't necessarily get down to almost taking your bar off. You know, you, you sometimes you do feel that exposed because we're not used to that. Especially in our culture, and to me that was quite difficult. And also, I think when you first start breastfeeding, you know, a few months down the line, you become very comfortable in it, and it's you know you can you've almost got the knack, and you can get quite discreet. But the first few weeks or months, in my experience, that hasn't happened. You know, the baby's on and off, and you know that they can't get a good latch. I wasn't one of these moms that I was really comfortable with just staying in for months and months. I wanted to get out to a coffee shop or, um, like, I say, on holiday or you know wherever really, and just be able to feel like I wasn't going to dread that moment where oh god, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to feed and I'm going to have to find somewhere to sit and try and face a wall and tr-, you know, um, because if they are being fussy for me that it did feel a little bit like all eyes were on me and obviously you know I'm sure, I'm sure all eyes weren't on me but and I think the easier we can make it for mums the better because you know in the UK we've got the lowest breastfeeding rates in the world and I think it's like 90% of mums want to breastfeed for longer than they are so I think we've got to ask ourselves a question of well, why is that then? Um, And I think there's lots of different reasons, but I certainly think one of the reasons is not feeling all that comfortable in public, feeding in public, if we're honest with ourselves. I think that is one of the reasons. Um, And I'm passionate about educating people about the benefits of breastfeeding. I don't think we know enough about those benefits here in the UK. Um, But also, yeah, doing my bit to try and help women and help, sort of the support networks around new mums, um, support support breastfeeding as much as we can and, and more than we're doing at the moment.
1: So with our daughter, with Sienna, we didn't do the antenatal. I remember the first time we did and the breastfeeding class was a morning, I think, and, and that was it. You know, you've got a morning for the next however many months and years. Um, and with Sienna, she yeah, the, the woman just came in, opened the curtain, came into the bed where Kerry was after being in labour for nine hours and was like, oh, you do this, do this, blah, blah, ba do that, do that. Great, bro. And that was it, gone. I mean, like I say, as a dad, you know, dads need educating as much as women as well.
2: I think totally dads do. I think, um, yeah, in terms of like the support that we get before and, and straight after childbirth, It's normally, most people's cases, very quick. And actually, in my experience, the first few days are okay. It's, you know, sort of manageable. But come day four or five when your milk comes in um, and you realise that, you know, you can't get your baby to latch and you sort of, you know, the the baby's crying and you're crying. And and, and nobody knows what to do. I didn't know what to do. Even with my second, I was in that situation. Uh, And my husband certainly didn't know what to do. And we found ourselves Googling, you know, breastfeeding positions and I couldn't remember you can't remember what you meant to you know how they showed you in hospital the ideal way to to hold your baby
1: we got told um the one thing that stuck in our mind is hold it like a rugby ball but I don't look at me I don't play rugby Kerry's never played rugby in her life that's you know it's very specific (laughs) very very niche
2: and you know like when they say you almost like oh okay oh what And I think what helped me is, um, bless my husband, he was Googling how-tos online because, you know, in the panic, you just need to see how do I hold my baby? You know, I don't know. But I suppose what really helped me was Alan just, um, my husband, just sitting there with me, you know, while I was sort of crying and screaming um, and phoning our local breastfeeding support group to see when the groups were on. I personally felt then very supported and I think had that not been my experience I honestly don't know if I would have ended at breastfeeding that first son because I felt like I was failing I, I honestly did because he wasn't having that milk he couldn't I couldn't get him to latch um, and, and as it happened you know Alan sort of drove me up to, to our local breastfeeding support group and we did manage to get him to, to latch and you know, it was it was very difficult for probably two or three weeks, um, but I did feel extremely supported, and I think that to me made all the difference. And there's an awful lot of breast is best, especially from the breastfeeding mums, which I do understand. Of course, you know we all you know most of us want to be able to to feed our children, but you know if we can't, we've got to feed them, and it's all very well sort of telling new mums what they should be doing. But, you know, if if we try and we can't do it, then we shouldn't really be the ones to blame because I think there's enough guilt when you become a mum. Goodness me, as soon as you've had the baby, I think you sort of fill it with guilt for one thing or another. And breastfeeding certainly shouldn't be one of those things. And I think if we can support mums more, hopefully, you know, more mums should be able to to feel like they they are capable, they can feed but there definitely needs to be more support
1: there. Kerry, with both of us, tried to breastfeed and couldn't, but it turns out with Sienna, it was really quick that they found out she had tongue tie. But that was only because we knew from Alfie, our first, four, five health visitors before one went, ah, it's tongue tie. Yeah. You're like, why don't you check for that in hospital? Why is that not the first, know. you know, one of the first things you check for? Because by that time she couldn't feed because he just wouldn't latch, and we'd already gone on to formula. Because, like you say, we just wanted to feed him.
2: So that's one in ten months straight away that you think you're really going to struggle with feeding, or you're not going to fit. Fe- you're not going to be able to feed because you don't even know why.
1: Yeah, no, we we'd never heard of it until they said
2: it's awful, really. That. Those moms have been failed
1: by the system. Yeah, I think so. I think that's so. And like I say, it happened with both of ours. And so with Sienna, it was us going. Should we check for tongue tie? Because we knew from the first, but it wasn't. It wasn't suggested to us. No. Um, and it sounds horrific as well. The first time when they said with Alfie, always oh, tongue tie. We're like, he's not going to be able to speak. He's not going to be able to eat. He's not. going to, Oh no, it's just a little, and he's fine. And yeah. It's such an easy operation to to you know to change.
2: Easy procedure, and they can feed straight away after we had that with Rocco. Um, he wasn't done for six weeks, and I've never heard of it. Like, who's heard of Tong Thai? You haven't, you haven't heard of it, it's not mentioned in any maternity care. And, and you know, we did the classes, so yeah, that's a really good point. Exactly. I, th- I think there's lots, of, there's lots of different reasons that mums struggle. I think there's definitely a pressure in our society to get back to normal. Uh, you know, to get our bodies back, to get back to our social lives, to to get back to work to some extent. And I think with breastfeeding, you do have to kind of just give in to sitting the first few weeks, at least. And actually, in a lot of cultures, um, the first six weeks, the mums are mothered. So, you know, the husbands and, and other extended members of the family will just look after the mum and the baby. You know, we don't really see that here, A lot of us don't live near our extended family. So it is all on sort of the mum. Um, And then the husbands tend to be back at work quite quickly. And I think that's something else that, you know, isn't necessarily going to be conducive to to those early days or weeks of breastfeeding.
1: Especially if there's another child as well.
2: Especially if there's another child. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to just sit there and feed for... Well, oh, for the first few weeks, I mean, you know, days and nights, <laughs> you, you know, there's a lot of feeding involved. You know, we we need a lot of support for you know the washing, the the cooking, and the cleaning. And that's not to say that dads can't be very involved with the baby. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I want the dad to be able to bond with the baby, so I want them to be able to feed the baby as well. But there's lots of different ways that dads can bond with the baby, and. Um, you know, after a few weeks, there's the option of expressing your milk, so then dad can feed.
1: That's hard as well because Kerry was doing that. The expert night after night, just zzz, 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 was the soundtrack to our evenings. As like each pump went.
2: No, I think with pumping, there certainly is a knack. I couldn't pump unless I was looking at either Rocco or Bonnie. I had to be looking at either a picture of them or looking at them, otherwise, nothing would happen. Because you, you need a stimulation and if they cry, it's you do kind of leak in the first few in the first few days and weeks. So that's an, always a good way to kind of get yourself started. But it is difficult. I think it's difficult to start. And then once you've started, you tend to know what you need to have to do. So for me, like I say, that and if I was at work, I had to look at a picture of Rocco or Bonnie. I couldn't just kind of do it and be able to get milk. It's not necessarily something that we're told.
1: No, I've never heard of that. I've, I think I've heard the crying thing. I know the cry because Kerry said that and she heard another baby crying and she's like, oh, that's going to, which must be a nightmare.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but I think you've got to feel very, you know, in a very relaxed kind of state of mind to be able to um, to pump as well. You know, and, and, and if, if mums are expected to be doing all the cooking and the washing and looking after siblings and baby and I don't think I would have been as um, successful in my breastfeeding journey had I been in that situation. I've been really fortunate that, you know, Alan was very supportive. But I know, you know, for a lot of women, that's not the case.
1: I don't think you appreciate as a dad either just how long it takes. You think, oh, you'll get, you know, maybe a week or something, you'll get the hang of it, yeah, it'll be fine. But I don't think, because it isn't our physical body and we don't know and we're trying to find out. And there's the whole stress of being a mum anyway. So you're not necessarily going to sit down and go, right, this is what I need and I want, because there's no time for that.
2: I, th- I think you're completely right. And I think everybody's journey is very different. I think it could take women sort of between four and six weeks to get established. And I think, again, there's there's a certain pressure to get our babies into a routine, isn't there, like quite quickly. And that kind of goes out the window with breastfeeding, really, because babies aren't just feeding or on us for... Nutritional purposes, which um, again, I don't think there's enough education around. But quite often, it could just be for comfort or to soothe them or to help them go to sleep, and that's almost found found upon in our society again. Um, but that's something that kind of comes with the territory, I think. And yeah, I think between four and six weeks certainly to kind of establish any sort of a routine and to get quite comfortable with it in that you can just kind of do it and, and do it quite quickly and they can latch quite quickly believe it or not breastfeeding mums get on average 45 minutes
1: more sleep a night so what's that like that's two and a half hours instead of two hours 25 minutes then. yeah
2: and every minute counts doesn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it's first few weeks um and there's just so many so many benefits You know, you've got 40% lower risk of asthma for the baby, 64% lower risk of gastroenteritis, 31% lower risk of bowel disease, 24% lower risk of obesity, 63% lower risk of serious colds. So many huge benefits that are underreported. It's almost unbelievable, really, that there's not more funding and there's not more support um at a very kind
1: of early stage yeah so the podcast called how to be a dad what advice would you give to dads because because the thing is now I want to try for a third because I haven't spoken to you and go oh right so I I would leave it longer for Kerry and I'd probably be a bit more maybe sympathetic I don't know sympathetic is the word how would you offer support to a mum who's struggling and might think, actually, you know, I've tried. but Because I know my sister tried to breastfeed and, and couldn't. So she stopped. We did it. Kerry did it twice. I've got a couple of friends who've done the same thing. So it's, it's so common.
2: Yeah, it's really common. Yeah. So make the mom feel very supported and cherished and you know whatever that takes really so that might be kind of yeah looking after siblings cooking dinner doing the washing not putting that pressure on mums to get up get back to normal after you know a few days i think that's that's probably the most important thing we can do for mums. Uh, and practically helping them get that support because, um, you know, once you've had a baby, like you've, you've quite rightly said, there's like a hundred different things to learn or, or on the job. Going to a local breastfeeding group, they are there. The National Breastfeeding Helpline's um, really brilliant. That's run by volunteers and you can phone them up at any time with your questions. And they help me out um, lots of times, actually, I, I, I phone them um but there'll be a local group that there'll be perhaps a group when at your local hospital that you can you know drive mum to um but that without that without my husband doing that for me I don't think I'd have ended up carrying on breastfeeding like I say our first son if you haven't yet had um your baby those are some things that you could look into now you know talking about how you're going to manage when the baby comes, you know, what's going to be expected of of you as dad, Um, but also what groups are available, you know, which groups could you end up taking your partner to? Dads can, you know, have lots of skin-to-skin time with baby without feeding. And actually, that's a great help as well. You know, when mum's not feeding, have that skin to skin time. You know, offer to take the baby out for a walk, or um, just put the baby in a sling in the kitchen, or you know, while mum can go and have a shower or do you know, wash her hair or whatever. But, she has-
1: but wear the sling. Don't just put the baby in the sling in the kitchen. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, wear the sling, wear the baby. That, that's- yes,
1: that's that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so you know, there's lots of different ways that 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 dad can can bond with the baby and especially if if mum does breastfeed in the night um, for the first few weeks, you know, there's a lot of time, you know, you could spend sort of winding the baby after the baby's been fed or changing nappies. Um, so there's lots of different ways that dads can get involved.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's just taking me back, actually. That's the, that's the thing, isn't it, when it's through the night, the night ones particularly, and then it's just because it's so surreal, isn't it, those night hours where you get, an hour and a half sleep in between each one or something, and like we'd cues each, other, we'd be dreaming about something, and Kerry'd wake up and go, "Why have you put fish in my dressing <laughs> gown?" I'm like, "What?"
2: Oh, I woke up a few times thinking, "Oh no, did I put the baby back? Did I put the baby?" <laughs> yeah, back? yeah, and and patience, time, like you said, um, and 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 just yeah, support. And, you know, just take it really easy. Those first few weeks as, as new parents, there's such a lot going on. There's, you know, so many emotions and and so much to learn on the job. It's just not expecting yourselves to kind of get the hang of it in, in two weeks because <laughs> as soon as you've got the routine established, they change. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was one question I was going to ask as a dad. Dad's drinking breast milk. Where do you stand on that?
2: Well, there's, there's two different schools of thought. Yeah, no, I don't know it turns my stomach slightly. Like, <laughs> okay. how, how, how do you stand on that?
1: I was really curious and Kerry just wouldn't let me either time. And I was like, oh, come on, because I'm never going to get the opportunity again. We're, in, you know, we're engaged. We're hopefully going to be together forever. So that's I'm not going to go anywhere else for it. And <laughs> if we don't have any other children, these are literally the only chances I'll get. But... I'll never know.
2: You'll never know in a normal way.
1: (laughs) There we go. That was the breastfeeding episode of How To Be A Dad with Lucy Rook, the founder of Discreet Boutique. If you're interested, Discreet Boutique have a website. You can check it out. And also, if you've ever tried breast milk, you can get in touch with us at thedadsnet.com or on our socials because I never got to do it and I'm intrigued and not in a pervy way, just in a... Well, it's like i said then you know we've had our children now I'm never gonna get that chance again if you've ever been a professional footballer also get in touch because i'm 45 and that's probably not gonna happen now if you'd like this episode and you haven't heard the earlier episodes please check us out wherever you listen to things with your ears there are the first six episodes of how to be a dad all about the moment you find out through to the labour and the bits afterwards in those first few months if you'd like to be on future episode as well i'd love to talk to you i'm al booth and you can get in touch with us at thedadsnet.com in the meantime enjoy being a dad i hope everything is going well for you and i'll speak to you soon
0: a dad's net original podcast